This is Annie Grace, and you're listening to this Naked Mind podcast, where without judgment, pain, or rules, we explore the role of alcohol in our lives and culture. Hi, friends. This is Annie Grace, and I hope that this will work because I've been having internet troubles, so forgive me if it doesn't. Um, this question is actually was posted on my Facebook page yesterday. And it is from Helen, and Helen asks, I've listened to the audio course every day for about two and a half months. While I haven't stopped drinking, my perception of wine has definitely changed. I find if I can resist that first drink, the rest is easy. When you first questioned if you were drinking too much and started doing all your research for the book, did you continue to drink but in smaller quantities? Or one day did a light bulb moment happen and everything quick clicked and you decided to quit? Um, thank you for your course. It's been extremely helpful in my journey. So I did drink in smaller quantities just somewhat naturally over the course of doing the research because there was something about becoming aware. It was like waking up in a sense. And it's interesting because a lot of people, you know, I say at the beginning of the book, I say, look, don't cause any sense of deprivation. Keep drinking through the book. Keep drinking through the audio course until you feel like you want to make a change. You need to want to make this change. And I know that's different than other approaches out there. But for me, um, what was going to work for me was really ending my internal struggle and ending the cognitive distance that I had around drinking. And cognitive distance can come from two things, right? It can come from doing something you don't want to be doing, like drinking when you don't want to be doing it and then feeling guilt around that. You know, equally, it can come from not doing something you do want to be doing and then feeling a whole sense of deprivation and missing out. And neither one of those options were good enough for me. And I mean, that was just the blunt reality of it. Um, I didn't want to be in a sense of deprivation or missing out or thinking that I was forcing myself to do something. I really wanted to come to a place where I actually convinced myself wholeheartedly with all of my brain that I didn't want to drink anymore. And so while my drinking over the year that I did the research and put the book together, while I would say it diminished, um, I would not say I definitely didn't, didn't quit, but I did have a moment at uh, almost when I was like, you know, really close. Like I, I hadn't started writing yet, but I had, I had been researching. Um, I started researching in like March of 2013, I want to say. And I had a moment in probably, uh, when was it? I think it was like five or six months later where I walked out of my office and I told my husband, look, if you want to get drunk with me, tonight's the night because I'm not going to drink after this. And um, he looked at me like I was completely nuts because while I had been kept informed of the research, he hadn't been kind of on the journey with me. And really you have to know to know. And something, yeah, something had shifted. Something had changed. And there is some members of the Naked Mind community, one woman in particular, she's started this great blog, HeidiMayo.com. But Heidi, um, she was one of my first early readers and she read the book and then read it again. And she's like, look, I'm not gonna stop until I have that moment you're talking about, until I have that moment of clarity where I realize I want to stop. And I said, yeah, you shouldn't. Because the thing, you know, with Heidi's experience, she had tried to stop um, doing things in various ways. and 
found herself to be miserable. And she's like, I don't want to be miserable. I don't want to make myself, you know, exist in this state of deprivation or missing out or living every day, wishing that my life was something different. This life's too short for that. And so her point of view was like, look, if it doesn't happen for me, I'm not going to force it. And, um, probably about eight months after, you know, reading different books and stuff, she, she sent me an email one day about, it was probably almost a year ago now, just saying, hey, it's happened. You know, the other she was dropped. I get it. Like, I'm done. Like, I'm done. And, and that was it for her. And so I don't think you should force it. And I know that's probably contrary. I mean, if you're drinking and it's really drastically impacting your life and there's things that, like, you just need to stop for other reasons, um, yes, stop. You know, use the willpower. Do what you need to do to get yourself out of that situation. But if you're becoming more mindful and you see that naturally evolving, um, I would say let it naturally evolve. And I realize that is not probably the typical answer in this space, but I think this naked mind, what's unique about this naked mind is it's not about rules. It's about finding peace, what that means for you. And if you, Helen, are committed to finding peace in your relationship with alcohol, ending the internal struggle, so you're not doing something you don't want to be doing. Equally, you're not, you know, always wishing that you were doing something that you're no longer letting yourself doing. Now, I think that's really the point and doing whatever it takes to find that peace and committing that you're going to do whatever it takes to find that peace. If that means that you have to stop drinking altogether in order to have peace about it, then that means you're committed to that. But you're not saying that now. I mean, your commitment is to yourself to find a place of peace in your relationship not necessarily to an outcome that you think already is going to be that way. Um, and I would say that um, the other thing that, you know, so yes, I stopped a little bit, but I didn't actually quit or even have any intention of actually quitting. I was just exploring until I knew and then I was sure and then it was this light bulb moment and then it was like, oh yeah. But I will say that um, four months after that, I, I kind of started to be like, huh, is this really true? Am I really, like, what is the deal? Like, I really want to know. I really want to know what alcohol does to me after I've had a time of not drinking and what it makes me feel and how, what it is really objectively. Because the truth is when you're drinking, half of the pleasure you're getting from alcohol or more um, is because you're relieving a withdrawal. So alcohol is addictive. It creates withdrawals. And because alcohol takes up to 10 days to leave your body, you can live in a constant state of withdrawal. And the thing about a withdrawal is it just feels like something's missing. It just feels like something's amiss, a little itch. It just feels like a, a little level of uncertainty or, um, you know, like anxiety or just like something's not quite right. Like you just need something and that manifests in, oh, a drink sounds good. I want to drink, you know, and then that feeling, if you say, oh, but I'm not going to let myself have one can really escalate. It's like an itch that you don't let yourself scratch. And then all of a sudden, you know, you're consumed with this idea of wanting a drink and you're using all this willpower and you're forcing yourself not to have one and all this stuff. But um, the thing about it is that when you distance yourself, so if you were going to say, okay, I'm going to give myself 30 days, but I'm not going to give myself 30 days of white knuckling it and saying, okay, definitely, I'm not going to, you know, but I'm going to give myself 30 days as a really positive life affirming experiment to see what happens. How am I going to feel in 30 days if I just happily give it up for 30 days only? How am I going to feel? You know, and just journal about it and be present with it. And then at the end of the 30 days, and of course I did this at four months, what I did is I literally locked myself in a room by myself because I didn't want to be influenced. You know, social activities are fun because of our friends. Um, the alcohol, you need to 
separate what's fun because of friends and what's fun because of the experience, like a concert, and then what's fun because it's, you know, if, if there is any fun inherent in alcohol. And so I locked myself in my room with two bottles of wine. I hadn't been drinking for about four months. I put on the video camera and I just filmed myself getting drunk and I just really specifically recorded what it felt like. And I mean, the videos were horrific. I mean, seeing the drunk and around my eyes and seeing what it looked like even two glasses in, it's like, oh, really? Like, I, really? Like, that's horrible. But I thought in my mind, like, that my jokes were funny, like they were so dumb. And, you know, when I was sitting there in the moment, really trying to observe, like, what does this feel like? What is the thing? What is so great that I thought that this was? You know, all it really felt like was this little fuzziness around the edges of the room. Like, it was like something had gotten fuzzy. Like, something wasn't quite as crisp as it was before. And, of course, when you're dealing with anxiety and pain, that fuzziness can take the edge off that. But really all it is is a band-aid, you know, that you're putting over a festering wound. And the way to really, truly fulfillment is to take the band-aid off so the wound can heal. Um, because you don't know, you know, you're not, you're not ever going to solve anything with alcohol. You know, it's always just going to be a symptom killer like Advil. And, and it's never actually going to solve um, or address the underlying issue. So it's a bit of a tangent, but... You know, that experiment, you know, if you aren't at a place where you're like, okay, I want to give it up forever, just maybe giving it up happily for 30 days and then trying your own experiment could be something to think about. But yeah, I guess the answer to the question is that um, it was an aha moment for me after a time of decreasing. And a lot of people say they just wait for that aha moment, you know, and, and um, maybe in addition to listening, because you are trying to speak to your unconscious, you'd want to read um, read some blog posts, read the book, whatever, and just speak to, you know, get some more things in there. And then there's a lot of other books to read too, if you just want to reinforce it. Um, there's so many great books out there by different authors. So anyway, great question, Helen. Thank you so much. And again, this is Annie Grace with This Naked Mind. Exciting news. I'm going to launch for the first time in, um, since I published the book about eight months ago, a weekly newsletter. And the weekly newsletter is going to consist of uh, the, the most popular one of these live videos each week. So the one that got the most views and comments and a naked life story. So people send me stories all the time and often like I'll share them on my blog. Um, so it's going to include a naked life story and then just an inspirational quote. So it's just going to be those three things sent out every Friday afternoon, kind of trigger time, some some fodder for the weekend, if you will, some uh, inspiration. And I will include a link at the bottom of this video if you wanna sign up for the newsletter. So that's that and have a great day. This has been Annie Grace with This Naked Mind Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. You can learn more at thisnakedmind.com and please remember to rate, review, and subscribe as it really helps us spread the word.